0: You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning there will be spoilers, and there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy, and Ryan is stuck at work. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm joined by by a guest. Hello, Hello. guest. Hi,
1: I'm guest. It's my Uh, only name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm here with Vic from uh, A Bunch of Stuff. Uh, Vic, you are a cosplayer. You are a voice actor slash TTRPG enthusiast streamer.
1: I am, yes. I stream uh my silly little OCs on the silly internet. Um, I play two characters on two separate uh, shows on a channel called Gut Punch RP. Uh, that is once, once a week and then every alternating week for our cowboy campaign. Hell yeah. Uh, and then I work full time in tabletop games as a community master.
0: That's awesome. How did we meet? We're 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 through mutual friends. Oh yeah. We, we technically
1: haven't met like in We real haven't. Life. This is our first yeah. time
0: like talking.
1: <laughs> well, I'll meet you in Katsucon right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like the cosplayer, the, the the obligatory cosplayer, uh, I simply will go to this location and I'll meet you a year yeah. from now. <laughs> like
0: If I'm remembering correctly, the first time we communicated at all, it was like 3 a.m. Yes. And Mark started a group chat. Mark was on a previous episode of Force Friends. And Mark started a group chat with the three of us. uh, And I I had had like an edible. I was pretty high. And Mark (laughs) was like, how sweaty? Was it sweat? Is a uh, sarlacc or, it was, or moist? If we were how moist?
1: Yes, we were talking about so I had a photo. We were talking about uh, Din cop because me and Mark are always talking about Din cop and uh, there was an image of a sarlacc, and we had to discuss like whether or not the interior or exterior of the sarlacc was moist or not or like what the moisture level was and it was like a half an hour debate and then we went we need Andy on this and he just made a group chat out of nowhere and added me to it and went hi this is my friend Vic how wet is the sarlacc pit
0: yeah yeah it was a good time uh it was as you very you can tell good. <laughs> By the fact that I didn't do our intro and that we're talking about how what a Sarlacc is. This is going to be <laughs> a feral episode of Force Friends Rewatch. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. Uh, on Force Friends Rewatch, we rewatch Star Wars television shows and then we talk about them. We are currently in between seasons of Force Friends. So season two, we covered every Mandalorian-themed episode of Star Wars TV. Uh, before we get into season three, we thought we'd cover Visions. And we're covering the light side episodes. Ryan broke visions down into three chunks and uh, gave them all themes. And so today, Vic and I are talking about uh, the ninth Jedi, the village bride and the twins. Yes. And before we get into that, though, Vic and I are going to talk about Star Wars and stuff and how Vic, what was your first Star Wars?
1: Uh, first of all, I did scroll back. So the chat is called the Sar Snack Pit, and I <laughs> scrolled back and it was about uh, whether or not the Sarlacc counts as an eldritch being. Okay. And then that went into how moist it is, moist because is I it? feel that eldritch beings need a level of moisture in order to be tentacly, because like eldritch suggests wetness in it my does. life. You're right. <laughs> oh my god uh what a good chat i just was rereading little snippets of it holy shit can good i curse talks. can i curse on this show i can Oh yeah. yeah this is okay. a cussing show go 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 i don't i don't remember if that's in previous episodes um Introduction to Star Wars. So I watched the first three films a very long time ago as a child. Uh, my biological dad is in the military, so he's like super like, oh, I love, you know, the this like action film, sci-fi, whatever. Uh, and I really liked it. And I spent my <laughs> larger portion of my childhood as a kid in libraries and my library at my Catholic school um, had all of the X-Wing books. So I read oh. all of the X-Wing books and Fuck had yes. no other interactions with Star Wars for like years. Uh, so I was really into Boba Fett uh, and I was really into like, you know, the super niche like world building and the idea of the force, but like mostly flyboy flavored. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when the new films started coming out, I, I mean, I also watched like the prequels um, and, you know, saw them in theaters with my family and my family was really into them. But I didn't really I wasn't into Star Wars uh, in college. And then when I was leaving college, uh, the film. Force Awakens came out and I remember stepping out of the Force Awakens going like I am the biggest Star Wars fan and it just like hit me really hard because I was so excited uh, of like the idea of a new chapter and we all kind of know in which conflicted direction that went but I stayed I stayed in the Star Wars fandom uh, for a really long time and right now uh, I'm listening to the original audio dramas with uh, Mark Hamill as a narrator Uh, And I'm, like, halfway through A New Hope. I'm, like, halfway through the first one.
0: Those are so good.
1: They're so good. The Biggs, the Biggs backstory is, like, it just hits me in my little gay soul so hard every single time.
0: Those deleted scenes are so homoerotic.
1: They're so homoerotic. And, like, the story, oh, my God. I could talk about this for an entire episode, but the story of Star Wars as being a, like, Coming of age, but also an awakening to like your truest self, mm-hmm. and like your your like you're becoming so in tune with your emotions, like did you did in you read every the, way.
0: The fan comic, uh "My Luke Skywalker is gay,"
1: no, but like oh, I would like so to good. very much. Can you send it to me? I, yeah, Tell yeah, me, yeah, what's, yeah. It I'll, I'll what's it about? What's about the
0: link? It, it's about this fan artist who like realizing that. Her her version of Luke is gay. Like one helped her fall back in love with Star Wars, but then two, like, also helped her like come to terms with herself. It's really mm-hmm. fucking beautiful. Um, I need this
1: actually. Yeah,
0: I'll I'll try and I'll try and find the link. I own a physical copy of it. I I backed her Kickstarter. Oh uh, beautiful! <laughs> for she does Pride X Wing pens.
1: Yes, I've um, seen this artist. I've seen this artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. To it's talk the about, same artist
0: yeah. does did the Luke comic, and it's it's gorgeous. Okay.
1: Yeah, I need to read that ASAP. I will purchase it wherever it is available to be to be sold. My little Star Wars headcanon is um I didn't realize for so many years that I was in love with Luke Skywalker. I just thought Han Solo was really neat. I was so into Han Solo, like I was so into the idea of like being a gun-toting like fast-flying little race car boy because my I'm half Mexican, so my uh grandfather on my mom's Uh, has always repaired cars Um, as Mexican tropes go either you're a boxer or you do car stuff Um, so we were the car stuff family and uh, I was like yeah I'm gonna you know like be a racer And I like really love Han Solo. And I later, many, many years later, was like, oh, it's because I uh, think that Luke Skywalker is hot and I'm a dude.
0: And it just all clicked. The scene in A New Hope where Han Uh, says, what do you think (laughs) uh, about a princess and a guy like me? And Uh Luke gets like visibly mad. Yeah. It's because Luke wants to suck. Han. Yes, he does. That is what that scene is. Well,
1: there's also that scene when they're, like, originally escaping from the cantina, and they just both look at each other, like, adrenaline pumping, like, hearts in their throats, and, like, they're both sort of settling into these seats, and they, like, look at each other and just go, oh, no. (laughs) Like, that little moment of, like, realization and awakening, it's like the, um the equivalent of like the arm touch in like Mm -hmm. she's a cheerleader you know what i mean like that little moment of like queer realization that like you're in so deep and you just cannot escape like the way that you feel about this specific moment
0: is so mm, beautiful (laughs) are are you gonna do like a shippy like cosplay with Uh... marcus luke has I've, that happened? Has that I, been talked it
1: about? It hasn't. So I've never cosplayed Star Wars. Um, I've yeah. had it on the list for a long time. So here's the thing is that I started cosplaying in uh 2017. 2016 2017 uh and i'm sitting here drinking coffee out of a like sherlock mug that's my origin like that's my fandom origin unfortunately
0: uh and
1: it that was me. evan's like <laughs>
0: fandom origin too oh yeah
1: so i went to 221b which is a really small convention in atlanta um that a lot of people in like little queer fandom spaces uh kind of attribute to like this tumblr uh like East coast American, like Tumblr bubble of people who were really into Sherlock. So I used to, I'm a, I'm mid transition trans guy, uh, but I used to cosplay Irene Adler because I was very into, you know, the idea of being like super sexy, pumped up, like, you know, very BBC Sherlock, Irene um, mixed with like me reading the old text. And uh, I, I, since then have, like, kind of fluctuated in in the costumes that I make from, like, really powerful lady to, like, completely genderless dude. And I haven't done a lot of cosplays that are Star Wars-flavored because they're really, like linens and the silhouette I felt like would not sit with me like it just wasn't what I looked like for many years and then in the last two years it's been like oh well that's attainable and my cosplay thing is that I like to take a design and redesign it so that Mm -hmm. it's like mine completely and there's something so iconic about Star Wars silhouettes and about the Star Wars canon universe that when you translate them, they just look like an original character. So I plan to do a Han Solo that's like a one-to-one recreation. But I really want to make a Dinjarin that's like Ooh. a little extra and that's got little extra things on it. But you have to be so careful because if you... Over design a Dinjarin, you're just gonna look like Amando. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like if
1: I were to change the armor color, or if I were to change the way that the armor is dented, or if I were to use different, uh, like fabrics underneath, it's just not gonna look like Din unless I have a little Grogu. So I'm yeah. thinking right now, I've been thinking since Dragon Con, like, how do I add extra oomph to Din in a way that makes it still read as Dinjarin? Uh, and like, how do I lean on the pieces that he has? So like the, the color of his besker and like the way that his armor is kind of like worn in and like the yellow on his gloves, like how do I, how do I make that a thing? So I think our agreement between me and Mark is that I'm going to sew all of the soft parts for Whatever Din I end up designing, and I'm gonna sew Cobb Vanth,
0: Okay.
1: And he's gonna print all the armor for Cobb and Din, and then I'm gonna do a funky thing to finish the armor for Din, and he's gonna do all of the, the Boba Fett pieces because the finish on that is crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. It's mustard time. That is for that a
0: one. that is a good uh, deal. It's a that trade, the a trade. A Yeah, that is a good target. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Do you know what I mean by mustard?
0: No. Okay. I mean, I'm Polish, so like, uh, I love mustard. (laughs) So I was just like, yeah, mustard's great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah."
1: Um. So one of the ways that people and Mark told me this, so like, I'm stealing his information. Hi. Um. When people finish. boba fett armor they will put a layer of like an occlusive so they'll put like sugar or like salt or mustard or like a grainy like goopy substance on top of the paint and then repaint it yeah. and then wipe it off so that it like looks like it's been painted a couple of times but like it wore off in the right places That's which is cool. like it's so cool, but it's so funny whenever I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to have to use a lot of mustard to like get that to work. Oh, cosplay things when you're Love using it. random kitchen implements to make your stuff look great. Right. It's like when people use uh, pen barrels for Greeblies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like if you if you disassemble uh, certain lines of like g two gel pens, which are the best pen by the way uh the grip on them is exactly uh like star wars blaster uh uh width for some of the guns.
0: Let me hit you with this question: What okay. is the weirdest piece or most unique piece of like Star Wars merch that you either own or have seen?
1: oh my god um. Star Wars, merch. okay, define merchandise for me. Are you talking, like, a thing that, like, was sold with the Star Wars name on it? Or, like, a a thing that just exists? If it's, like,
0: fan-created, I think that
1: counts. Fan-created. Oh, my God. Um. So, for me,
0: I commissioned a, like, a pillow that is, like, teddy bear-sized, like, stuffed animal, like, Build-A-Bear-sized of Wedge Antilles from an artist. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I I sleep with Wedge Antilles, like, almost every night. I love that Um, so much. The artist is uh, etsy.com slash shop slash Z-H-E-L-L-Y if you want your own Wedge Antilles pillow to cuddle. (laughs) Uh, I kind of do.
1: I kind of do. Well, I want... You know what I really want? I want a Lothcat. I want a Lothcat, like, so bad, just to have...
0: Ryan mailed me one and I love They're it. Sh-
1: just she played friends. Mark has one. It like sits on top of his computer so every time I'm like in his apartment I'm just gently looking at this little creature like, oh, that's a friend.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so do you remember the only like even slightly funny piece of Star Wars merch that is coming to mind right now? Do you remember thinkgeek.com? This I is do. an early 2000s question.
0: I remember Think Geek, absolutely. All right.
1: Uh so for a very long time there was this object that I coveted. It was a sleeping bag that was a Tauntaun. and you yes. could like open it up and crawl
0: into it. I remember I, that. I'm I sure Steph they still had make them. One and was trying to unload it since we're just mentioning cosplay friends now. Yeah. But <laughs> of they're course. very of silly. Steph has
1: one. They're so funny. I like I still I still want one. I don't have a use for a sleeping bag i have no i'm an indoor person Mm -hmm. i like don't go camping it wouldn't be good for camping like i don't do sleepovers there's no reason for me to own this object but i want it just to say that i
0: have it um it, it can't possibly work for camping it it's only use would be like a sleepover but As a queer adult, any sleepover I attend is not going to involve sleeping bags. It's really not.
1: Uh, Well, speaking of like adult sleepovers, uh, I very recently went on a like cursed sex toy binge because I like to curse my friends with questions that uh, they don't know how to answer. That's amazing. Uh, So I found that someone out in the universe is manufacturing dildo handles. (laughs) <laughs> which is very fucking funny. Um so basically like you buy you buy the tool, like you buy the dildo separately and then they sell like these I guess they're printed, but I don't know, but they're like these resin like sword hilts that you like lock it's like a peg like you lock it yeah. into the dildo but they make some that are that are lightsaber shaped. That's
0: amazing.
1: Which is like fucking great actually. <laughs> So they have a bunch of fantasy ones like they have a bunch of like this one's, you know, like werewolf shaped or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah, of course, like I've been there in my journey. But like,
0: can I get like on Flame of the West? And like, yeah, can I get like a double ended
1: situation? Yeah. Like, yeah. can I get a Cal Custis special?
0: Yeah, love that. It's <laughs> amazing. The internet's a, an amazing place. The internet's a great
1: place, and nerds just this the vent diagram of nerds that are horny and nerds that love to like put too much effort into making things actually good is a circle, and that's why I love the internet so much. It
0: makes me so <laughs> mad whenever like I'm watching a TV show and there's like this like lazy like nerd side character who oh, is like completely yeah. sexless. Yeah. And like like any any time there's like a LARP episode, it's like, look at these nerds. They don't even know what sex is. And I'm like, have you ever been to a have LARP? Have you Those ever met a nerd? Those are so horny.
1: They're all banging and they're, they're having so unreasonable, horny. like wild sex, dude. Yeah. Nobody, nobody in nerd circles is like, I'm just really vanilla. None of them are. None. None of them None. are. None. If They're doing Walmart, shit that would make you fucking. That would make your head spin. Like there is no.
0: You knock. You knock before you go in any room ever, yeah. because yes. you just don't know what you're gonna find. It's it same could with be the a D&D goblin, party. or it could be an orgy, or it could be a goblin orgy. It's you just true. Don't know.
1: It's the same with a DD party. Like you look at like fan art of a DD party, or like you look at, you know, like whatever uh like the the spread of what the party is, and you're just like, and I know all these people's kinks right now. Like right <laughs> on the fucking tin. Uh like I
0: <laughs> There's a reason why I play Warlocks. Like, yeah, there's yeah, a
1: reason yeah. why I always play a cleric because the healers are the top class. Mm-hmm. Like I've never in every DPS ever, <laughs> like, come on. Or every every uh, Moba I've ever played. Come on,
0: love it, love it, love, love it. it. All right, let's talk about let's these talk about three those. episodes. We talked about thir- we or we watched three episodes. We picked the three uh, according to Ryan, the three most Jedi themed. Uh, so we watched the twins, uh, the Ninth Jedi, and the Village Bride. A quick rundown on these episodes: the twins is about. Uh, Two Force-sensitive children who are being raised by the First Order, and one of them decides to be a Jedi, and one is like, I'm gonna be a Sith, and they duke it out, and it's real fun. Very anime. I mean, I guess all of these are anime, but this one specifically felt like very DBZ to me. This one's Uh,
1: Studio Trigger. Also, so it's got all the hallmarks of like modern anime production and it was it's looked super high budget, like the way yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. animated. Yeah.
0: Then the uh the village bride was next, and this is about a Jedi in hiding who uh has found herself with like this interesting village with like its own culture and stuff, and uh, it turns out that the village is under siege by some crime lords who have battle droids and uh kind of like in um like Game of Thrones people take like hostages so that they can't fight like the Starks took uh Theon oh, a great yeah. droid. uh the village is like giving up this daughter to uh the crime lord so that you know, the crime order, stop attacking or whatever. And this young Jedi is like, fuck that. And big battle. And then the last one we watched was the ninth Jedi. And this one's like the trippiest, but there's like a lightsaber maker. And he sends his daughter to deliver these lightsabers to these Jedi who don't have, lightsabers but then she gives them the lightsabers and they're not Jedi like a bunch of them are Sith and the, the lightsabers in this episode are like mood rings so they tell you yeah. like <laughs> if you're a goody or a baddie yes. and then she and her new friends have to fight them and then that's the episode and it turns out she's a Jedi and now she's gonna go save her, her dad who got captured by some Sith yes and that was the three episodes we watched They were really fun. Vic, did you enjoy them?
1: I loved this show so much. Um, I I didn't have really an opportunity to watch all of Visions until you asked me to be on the show and then I was like if I have to and I spent time actually watching all of it, which is a great way to trick yourself into uh, doing things that you enjoy, is uh, making them into work, which I definitely do recommend, JK. Um, So I loved every single one of these episodes uh it's super clear like why they're all light side episodes i think because they all have that um you know the storyline of kind of coming into your power and and very very jedi centric uh but if you wanted to start with the twins the twins was i think the weakest one despite them all being really wonderful i just think that like this one I had I I like it a lot, but I liked this one the least out of the three that we we're going to talk about today.
0: I think the twins is visually like next level. Uh, just my background oh, with yeah. anime. I'm not an anime fan. Oh no, um, not at all. I love Avatar: The Last Airbender. Okay, get, taste and, and Legend of Korra. Taste. And get constantly told by people that that's not real anime. So I go. Okay, I fine. disagree.
1: It is anime. It's just mm-hmm. made by an American studio.
0: Um, then I love Young Justice, which I definitely feel like isn't anime, but is is closer as far as American animation is concerned to like anime than like maybe I don't know, like Justice League was.
1: Yeah, well, Justice League is so like episodic and yeah. very stuck to the American tradition, but like Young Justice has a Plot that I think moves it forward a little bit better the way that other animes do.
0: Then, uh, I watched Orun High School Host Club.
1: Oh, Oroon High School Host Club. I, I, <laughs> I en- know
0: <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, that one's
1: a classic. I still back really like it a long time
0: ago. Um, I think I watched. Princess, uh, there was a like a ballerina one I watched where she's like a swan oh, or Princess something. Princess
1: Jellyfish?
0: Yeah. That yeah. One's that right. one's
1: really good. I love that one. That one's, uh, the main character is a trans woman. I yeah. love that show very much. That's yeah. Why I, I watched it. it it's been very a good. really long time, but that one, that one really rocks. They touch some tough stuff. And like anime is for adults, man. And that's one of the reasons that I love Princess Jellyfish is because it, it has no, um, It it does that very anime thing where it looks like it's kids, like it looks like it's, you know, kind of youthful. And and I think that the twins also had that, like, they're children. These are some young teens. But like, no, everybody's an adult with an adult problem in that show. And I think that was true of this
0: episode, too. And I think that's everything I've watched that is like. Anime.
1: Animated. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Uh, Or like anime, anime. Like, yeah,
1: I'm a huge anime anime person. I yeah. used to be I used to be somebody who watched seasonal. Um I have my silly little crunchy roll subscription. And I've kind of fallen off. But um in like 2018, 2019, there were a lot of shows that I watched that were I would tune in every Saturday, uh like Saturday evening or like Sunday morning or whatever, and you know, catch up on all my shows. Um so I have seen... Studio Trigger did Promare most recently, if you haven't seen that. Have you? Nope. Okay, it's a film. So it's uh, it's a movie about these two men who are in love. Um, And there's no... It's a little, like, tongue-in-cheek, but I, in my opinion, there's no way that you can kind of get around it. It's just 100% a, a love story about, like, human and aliens kind of together. And, like, the concept is that if your spirit has the ability to have magic power, and if that magical power is embodied by a flame called the Promare and uh, the other main character who doesn't have this power is just a firefighter. So there's like, oh, just beautiful tropes. Um, But Studio Trigger did that most recently and it was really, really popular uh, and then did another popular anime before that called Kill a Kill, um, which is a little bit more like shonen, but the main character is a a woman. The main character is a girl named Ryuko, and she has a suit uh, that is made of a like special fiber that. Not only makes her sexy, but also gives her the ability to have a huge pair of scissors, which she fights with, uh, which fucking rocks, in my opinion. So all of the like markers of studio trigger uh, tropes with like the little tiny skirt blowing in the wind and the suit that gives you powers like are all present in the female character from this. And then Leo, the one that has the like firepower, power, is exactly like the male protagonist from the Twins. They're like one-to-ones, which I thought was really funny and very much like a nod to, hey, it's Studio Trigger, we're doing a Star Wars anime, like, here are characters that you kind of already recognize, but they're slightly to the left, so they're Star Wars this time.
0: Something that immediately caught my interest with this episode, just like right out the gate, was... These characters are identical twins, but they are different genders. So that means one of them is trans. Oh, shit. Wait, th- where where do they
1: say they're identical twins? I missed that.
0: I don't know if it is, like, ever specifically stated, but it because, like, in general, they look identical. And I remember someone broke down, like, the yeah. reasons why, like i don't understand science or like biology (laughs) uh i was a pastor so i don't know how anything works i went to liberty university i got no education
1: i am a former catholic and a fraternal twin with my brother so between the two of us we have none brain cells
0: love that yes um So, yeah, I remember reading the post and being like, shit, this is the coolest thing. That is the coolest. Read this for me because Evan knows science real good. And Evan was like, yeah, this checks out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It
1: so hard.
0: Fandom has latched onto that. Um, I could totally see, like, someone in the studio, like, not, like, making that decision of, like, oh, yeah, give them both uh, blonde hair and the same color eyes and uh, they're twins, Uh, but they're different genders and not realizing that like you've made one of them trans now but
1: I feel like one of the things that Studio Trigger always does is they make a decision like that like in Promare they made a decision to like There's a a scene in Promare where it's very obvious that, like, they're trying to kind of set up this romantic tension between uh, one of the female cast members and Galo, one of the like main firefighter guy. And uh, the scene ends very abruptly because Galo gets distracted by the other male lead and like something happening, in the background that is very obviously the other male lead in danger and he completely abandons this conversation with this woman to like go see what's up with this guy and it's just like oh so you really made a decision to make him big gay didn't you like you really did that on purpose and you know to someone who isn't sort of looking for those signs you could probably go maybe they just kind of wanted to keep the tension going but like in any other in any other version of the telling, in any other stretch of the imagination, it's like, oh yeah, that seems really intentional, honestly, you know they're like yeah, canonizing yeah. something, which I love
0: i I think the other big thing that stood out to me is how this episode has tons of like hallmarks of iconic star wars like things, like whether oh, it be yeah. the ships used or the the silhouettes or the armor or the lightsabers and stuff. But then it also has zero interest in like Star Wars physics or rules. Oh, the,
1: the, uh, do you mean like the six saber tentacles that the main girl has? Like the fact that she bends them like all over the place.
0: Yeah. And like the, the boy twin, like, Super extends his lightsaber and he like rides his X-wing like a surfboard while it's like using yeah. hyperdrive and shit. Yeah. And like <laughs> no one has uh, air packs except for the droid no. afterwards, except which for is the, the droid. funniest thing. <laughs> which is it's definitely the studio being like we know that like people are going to complain about this, but we care more about the visuals.
1: Yeah, we care more about, like, the cool animation moment. And it's like style, when yeah. uh, she kicks up in the air and her the heel on her shoe is also a lightsaber. I fucking lost my mind.
0: And, like, by the way, I'm not saying this as a criticism at all. I love all of this. Like, I love yes. that the studio oh, was same. able to do this how they wanted. I love that Lucasfilm gave them the permission to run wild. And I mm-hmm. love that they just gave us a, like, fucking badass wild ride. It, this feels like a love letter to the Samurai Jack 2D Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, really that's what this know. feels
0: like, where it's like, we're just going fucking ham. We're like, we're telling a Star Wars story, but we're not necessarily going to follow the rules.
1: Yeah. And I, I
0: love that they don't need to follow the rules. They can just tell a great Star Wars story.
1: Yeah, I feel like that was true of all of the shorts that we're going to talk about, but especially for this one, they kind of went, we're going to make a little studio trigger anime. Like, we're going to make a little 18-minute movie that sort of moves through the Star Wars universe and has all of these Hallmark, like, things of it being from the Star Wars universe, and we're going to hit them all at you at once. Like, it's not baseballs being lobbed at you slowly it is six machines that all are going to fire a ball at your face at once and they're all gonna be star wars flavored and you've just gotta hit them all as fast as you can um because a a big thing that that studio does really well is like distress and out-of-body experiences in like technicolor (laughs) so that moment of her kind of getting like knocked out of her body um, and everybody kind of delivering lines like Sailor Moon villains was so entertaining to me, but they're, you know, talking about big Star Wars ideas and like oh. big central themes and concepts, which was good when it was good and a little rough when it was rough, in my opinion.
0: I love Sailor Moon. I forgot. I love Sailor that Moon. That's, a, that's an anime <laughs> I love. Okay. Well, there, there's like a handful of animes I enjoy. I guess I'm you like gotta talk. <laughs>
1: Okay, you're you're like a you're an you've seen a lot of anime in the way that all like 90s kids have seen a lot of anime. Yeah. Yeah. So the V.A. for both of these characters, uh, Om is Allison Brie of community fame and the V.A. for I forget his name, but the V.A. for uh, the male uh, twin is Neil Patrick Harris. Which I thought was so crazy, uh, because originally I was like, oh, okay, the voice for this male character sounds kind of like they're imitating Mark Hamill.
0: I didn't realize it was Neil Patrick Harris. That's crazy.
1: It's Neil Patrick Harris. I was sitting there like, who is this? Like, racking my brain, because I knew that it was somebody trying to do the Luke Skywalker delivery, because the Mm -hmm. way that... Mark kind of delivers Luke Skywalker lines is so very like this like he has such a breathless kind of He's so earnest. you know I just have to do this like yeah he has such an earnest quality to his voice but it, it was Neil Patrick Harris and if you watch it again knowing it's Neil Patrick Harris it sounds exactly like Neil Patrick Harris it's so it, it really hit me like once I googled it halfway through watching that episode for the second time I was like oh yeah
0: it's him it's 100% him Is there anything that you wish you could change about this? Like, is there anything that kind of missed the mark for you?
1: Well, like, honestly, the length of it, it was 18 minutes long. And I feel like somebody wrote, like, a two-hour film, like, a whole last movie, and then cut it down into 18 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like the other ones, I wanted more. Like, I left them wanting more from the worlds because I felt like they were all so visually striking and really interesting. But this one especially felt like, especially in the script that it was kind of explaining itself and really telling us and not showing things, which was a little, I would have changed that too. I think I would have given it more breathing room, which is just an airtime issue. How about you?
0: I feel like it either needed five more minutes or needed to lose five minutes. Like, yeah, one or the other like either give me more backgrounds to these characters because I have questions or cut out the background and just let it be like this really visually stunning fight yeah like, give me one or the other but mm-hmm. um yeah other than that like it's really fun and it's definitely I think visually one of the like more spectacular things i've seen but like other than the mystery about like one of these kids is trans i'm not gonna remember these characters you know yeah
1: yeah i feel the same way and i feel like there were some points where i was like oh there could have been plot there and then they just cut it off because some character one of the characters like delivered a line that kind of explained it and you go okay and then it doesn't stick with you um, like, do you ever have a droid solve your whole ass problem, and then that's it, and that's the end of it, you know? Uh, like, when uh the male character is sitting on top of his ship, he's standing on top of his X-Wing, like, a surfboard, yeah, and, uh, is like, well, you should probably start doing that, ah! And then the droid, like, kicks it into overdrive, and, like, actually starts executing the plan. Um, yep, yep, yep. which... Yeah, I feel like they could have, there could have been another moment of struggle and added another, like, five minutes there, but instead they just went, nah, this little, this little joy is going to show up and it's going to fix it for you so that we have less, less time to breathe or, like, less time to need to explain extra.
0: Yeah, I think you're completely right that, um... They they definitely used the robot to, like, yeah. deal with stuff so that way they could just, like, get back to the action and yeah. not actually deal with the, like, situation and the problems in a way that could have, like, maybe, like, developed either of these characters more.
1: Yeah, and I feel like they, they did that to both of the characters, which is good. At least it was even. Mm-hmm. Um Because, you know, the the little C-3PO with the helmet shows up and is like, oh, I'm gonna protect you and we're gonna get out of here so that way we everything is okay and you are not left drifting in space which I thought was good, but uh, the last moment of the uh, the last little sunset uh, that looked to me like Tatooine uh, in all of its Lisa Frank glory kind of being there like, yeah, we're gonna go solve this next problem is very emblematic of Star Wars too, and I think that despite it's kind of roughed scripting things for me that last little moment of like yes and we've completed a star wars story and this is the end that little tableau was really good i really liked that
0: for sure for sure
1: yeah uh also the c-3po shaped robot is named b2-on which is every letter is one letter off of C-3PO. I just thought that was really funny. That's, That's like where really last cute. comment. Yeah, so it's one letter before each each uh, C-3PO. So it's B instead of C, two instead of three. It was really cute.
0: I didn't notice that. I love that. That's it very good. Me.
1: As soon as she said B2ON, I went, oh no, it's just 3PO, but a model before, I guess.
0: So the next one we watched was The Village Bride.
1: Yeah, and this one is my favorite. This one, like, made me feel emotions and made me cry really bad.
0: I love the daddy with a sniper rifle.
1: Oh, daddy with sniper rifle?
0: Yeah. Silly bucket <laughs> helmet.
1: Yeah, Uh little brown kid, uh little brown boyfriend who carries his uh, GF up the mountain. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very I pointed good. at him and went, who is he? Uh just because I always find the one that looks like me uh as fast as possible and point until someone yells with me.
0: I I feel you there. Uh yeah. I'm just always looking for like a sad, balding, uh gay <laughs> with like a dark, a dark, sad past. And I'm like, oh, Captain Flint, oh my heart!
1: Oh, Captain Flint, oh!
0: <laughs> you look like me. Oh, Barrack Dondarrion. Oh, oh my you god! You look like me.
1: Help! Yeah, but you're picking, you're picking top notch people here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rip Game of Taste. Thrones. Yeah, alright, but <laughs> yeah, but um, boy, howdy! Yeah, this is a fun one. I love to see Clone Wars era stuff, not like. After the Clone Wars, yeah, I feel like we talk about that on Rebels a lot because in Rebels they just like are finding like retired old beat up Clone Wars era tech and being like, oh, we can put duct tape on it and use it. <laughs> uh, so like seeing these battle droids like and hearing them go, Roger, Roger, I was just, Roger, yes. Roger, Love yeah, it. that
1: hit me really hard actually it made me laugh in this moment of tension like in this moment of insane tension uh, the little Roger Roger and the way that the droids are kind of stupid from Mm -hmm. that era too the way that they're like a little bumbling it always injects this fun like to these moments that are otherwise really dramatic and this short did that so fucking well same with silver fox guy uh, because he just launched a helmet directly into the ship to like blow it up
0: that ship is from something. I, I, yeah. I've been going crazy trying to remember where I uh, know that ship from. I think it's a video it, game. but Yeah, isn't it
1: an in Inquisitor? Hold on. I don't remember. I'm not going to Google it right now, but yeah, I, it's from something.
0: It's, it's from something, and I recognized it, and I was like, oh, that Star Wars thing. Was that KOTOR? I don't know.
1: Listen. Um, it, listen. It, these, this short in particular, but I have so many little brain worms about uh Kyber Crystal Attunement, which we'll get to in the next one, I think, because of Kotor. But, like,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you like the space heels? I define space heels, so she, the, the Jedi oh, characters, yeah, yeah. Her, did you dig them or no? I loved them, I loved I them, them too. so much. <laughs> I've seen people bitching about them and I'm like white.
1: Literally white.
0: I'm like, I know I'm like a faggy gender queer who like loves a Daring (laughs) Heel moment. But like I thought they were cool. I I thought they were
1: rad. I, too, am a faggy genderqueer, and I, I too, love the idea that perhaps uh, somebody can show up to a fight with a shoe that not only looks fucking sexy, but has a function. So, like, the booster on the shoe, like, when she goes to take off and do her little ninja moment, like... Oh my god! The extra layer of setup, where like her shoe kind of comes out and like chi like unclinks itself, and then you know she's ready to start using her lightsaber. Like, oh, it, it was just good. It, it was lethal. right. Yeah, shoe, but make it lethal. That's the whole bayonetta moment of it all. You know. <laughs> um, I also this one like the original the the initial setup of this as being. Super designed and super fun, like all of the greenery and all of the like lush little introduction, almost like it was a slice of life, felt so good. And one of the things that I love about post Clone Wars Star Wars is that they set up indigenous peoples really respectively, like really respectfully. And I feel like the Japanese like Shinto parallels with this short And the entire voice acting cast, except for one character, was all Asian-American. Love that. Like, it all just clicked in a way where, like, Star Wars wasn't the overarching story here. It was, like, a Shinto story and an Asian-American influence story with the texture of Star Wars on top of it. Like, the Jedi characters wearing Hakama Mm -hmm. and, like, the... Breath of the Wild, Princess Mononoke, dense like greenery, and this like overtaking blue spirit. It all just felt so respectful and really well thought out and like completely fresh and new. And then the extra little Star Wars things that they point out in a way that they show you that it's still in Star Wars. So that way you don't break immersion was so, so good. Like the Padawan braid. Mm -hmm. Her little, the little glint of her like the silver piece of her Padawan braid was all they had to say about her being not a whole Jedi yet. Yeah.
0: That's
1: all they needed. It was just one little frame, one little moment and that's all they needed. And it felt right.
0: So there, for the most part, I've seen the response to visions is extremely overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. And of course any new star Wars thing in this, I mean in star Wars history has people mad of course one of the shitty complaints i've seen that falls apart immediately is that star wars visions doesn't feel like star wars it has too much of a japanese influence and i sit here and i pull up my hair and i go (sighs) do you think that darth vader is just wearing a samurai helmet by accident
1: yeah do you think that they're called imperials like as not a political commentary
0: or that obi-wan is wearing those robes in the yeah. New Hope by accident? Like it's not like it is it is baked into the DNA of Star Wars. Like this love yeah. of Japanese culture and specifically samurai films. Specifically, like, yeah. And it's not just in the original trilogy, it's in the prequel trilogy, it's in Clone Wars, it's in Rebels, it is in every major piece of Star Wars media is in its DNA is Japanese elements Cowboy elements like Mm -hmm. World War II fighter plane elements. It's in everything. And so for this to be a piece of Star Wars media that kind of zeroes in on one of those elements and explores it and then exemplifies it and gives the people who like the people from the culture that made those original influences makes perfect sense. Just like the X-Wing books. focus in on the fighter pilot aspect of it. Yeah,
1: those are the most, like, directly war stories and the most directly, like, Super World War II and cowboy, kind of, to me. Yeah. Especially especially the departures in, like, the later books into a lot more of a Western. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I really loved about these were that if you follow anime, if you follow anime tropes and if you are connected at all to Japanese studios and... Uh, mangaka as a whole every show every clip that i've watched has some piece of an anime trope in it and letting the star wars universe live in that in a way that's really modern and that isn't just seventh samurai and that isn't just like older um fighting samurai film but is now these modern hallmarks of what it is to be a new show that would be show up on the market today like as if all of these were trailers i think all of these would fit really well in the current anime market and like i'm sure that part of the criticism of them as being too anime is because they're recognizable as anime to a modern Mm -hmm. audience where the other pieces might feel a little bit more obscured because the media is older and the tropes are older but they're still there like they're still super present
0: yeah 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 I think that's an extremely well said point. Um, Thanks. I think that some people just latch onto something and want to complain. Yeah, and, I think so too. And for this one being, like you said, one of the ones that like really ex- like feels like part of the like respectfully looking at a culture. Um, I I think it 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 exemplifies that you can do that and also have it be 100% star wars.
1: Yeah, super. And like the way that the way that star wars lays on top of this short in particular is so good because I feel like successful hallmarks of successful animation and hallmarks of a successful anime is that when you see a character, you understand them and their motivations and their temperaments immediately, like because either you understand through what they're saying or the way that they act. But more interestingly, they, you understand via their character design, like what they do and who Mm -hmm. they are and like how they move around in the world. And the small little moments of them being human are like the pieces that make them round as characters, even though they're pretty flat, like they're a single trope. Um, So there was a moment where they're sitting after the wedding, they're all sitting at this, like, gathering area, kind of eating dinner. And uh, the uh, village bride looks back at her husband, and he kind of has this little mistrusting moment where, like, he's receiving the information that everybody doesn't want this to happen, and he doesn't want to die, and he doesn't want her to die. And he just sort of grips, like, he just closes his fists and swallows and, like, looks at everything and doesn't deliver a single line But you know that like he's having a moment of conflict and you know that he's stealing himself for like the things ahead and he's a minor background character like this guy didn't really matter like in the end of things he had one speaking line and that was it. But like you understand his whole thing and his entire internal conflict just because of this one little moment and like the characters were just so well designed they're all so perfect.
0: This really felt like a masterclass on, like, how to tell a story fully in yeah. 25 minutes or less.
1: Yeah. Like. How, a- how long was this one?
0: I think it was. Oh, I'm going to Google it. I have no idea.
1: Uh, in my opinion, not long enough. I could have watched, like, a full few hours of this one, in my opinion. It was just so very good. I feel like this one felt shorter than the Studio Trigger one. I feel like it's felt shorter than the Twins for some reason. Uh, probably just because the story moved so quickly. It was really tight.
0: Uh, 18 minutes.
1: Okay, that feels right. So it was shorter. It was shorter than the the Twins.
0: It's so good. It's just so good. I think my only complaint, and this is this is so tiny, this is like me like scraping to have any negative.
1: Was it glasses in Star Wars? Because there's one character that's wearing glasses.
0: I love glasses in Star Wars, (laughs) and The Mandalorian had already given it to us.
1: (laughs) I know, but like I saw that one little. There's like a background character that has glasses, and I went (gasps) glasses in Star
0: Wars. So there is a trope in superhero comics. It's probably where I've seen it the most, mm-hmm. where uh someone will dramatically take their helmet off, and then like it's typically a villain, well then evil yeah. monologue, and then you realize that they were running down the clock and there's a, a bomb in the helmet and then it explodes. Yeah. Um and that is Nuts, because that means you were wearing a bomb on your face yes. and you put it there. <laughs> and the fact that this dude has this huge bucket helmet and then he fucking chucks it so far and then he <laughs> has these jets Shoot it into the enemy ship to explode. I was just like, dude, you were wearing that. Yes, that thing has, has rocket boosters. You had that on your head. That could have exploded well, at any
1: time. I like to think. I like to think that maybe he was using the force to like push it really hard, like into the ship. But the moment of all of the droids coming up and staring at it, and then it starting to smoke, was like so good. It rocked oh, so hard.
0: Oh, <laughs> it, the scene absolutely works. Like, like, it, it, oh, it works work. so good. Yeah. But if I had to, if if, if I'm nitpicking for a complaint, it's that my <laughs> guy wearing was a wearing a bum on, bomb your on your his face. head. Yeah. And that is, that is a bold choice. It was so bold,
1: but like for that character, absolutely. Yeah. Just the big dick energy of like, yeah, I, you know, I have this giant bum on my face and I know that you're about to cut your Padawan braid off. Go get him, girl. Like, yeah. 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 Oh man. Okay. The moment of Jedi time, like her cutting off her Padawan on braid and then them having, you know, the drop the 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 action of this evil guy who is like on first glance nasty nasty and like the extra foley of his earrings twinkling. I was like, no, that's a villain I can get behind. Like <laughs> that's that's a guy I can get into. That's a nasty man.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's a little bit of um like effeminateness in him that, like the the queer villain trope is so complicated at this point because like is. I'm also like yes queen for like Same. scar and like oh yeah you you know so like there's 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 like an element of like uh like this is loaded and complicated and it doesn't necessarily need to be here but also like he is a nasty man good villain yes and nasty like, good villain. <laughs> I'm, I he, he works exceptionally well for the story so
1: yeah D- two there are two wolves inside of me one of them wants to uh unashamedly love an uncomplicated villain that's just bad one of them wants the villain to be characterized well and have the ability to like be more than its tropes. Uh, Both of these wolves are gay.
0: (laughs) Like Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But, okay, the moment where she rips out her uh, lightsaber and it's Katana Guardian color.
0: Oh, it's so good. It It hurt me so, like,
1: the moment of it lighting up and being gold. Like, I lost my mind. I started openly weeping at that point, I think. Are while you are you a this.
0: yellow lightsaber bitch too?
1: I'm a, a yellow lightsaber bitch. I'm 100 percent a yellow same. lightsaber bitch. Kotor, dude. Yes. Yeah. Unattuned Kyber crystal baby. <laughs> like
0: uh I probably I think the first game that I can remember where I got to like pick lightsaber color was Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. And okay. every single time gold lightsaber every single yeah. time. And then playing games like KOTOR or Force Unleashed where you like really get to customize your lightsaber and like things have meaning and stuff. I was still like I don't care if it's not like the best build like I'm going gold.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm I'm going to go gold every single time. I just love the gray Jedi story of it all. Uh and the like I'm simply learning where i sort of land on the force of it all uh and like up uh, the i always see um purple as like the mediator or like the you know kind of being like somebody who could go either side and i feel like yellow is or ed gold is one of those colors that like you could kind of go to either side. And I love that story in like Jedi lore and in lightsaber color. So I always go with one of those two. It's always going to be gold or purple.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, good stuff.
1: I just have notes about what I loved about this one. It's really hard for me to find <laughs> rapid any fire.
0: Just rapid fire. Hit me. Hit me. With oh my God. Good
1: thing. Um, it just rocks so hard. Uh, Katana, Katana guardian color so uh extra layer of you already knowing the jedi code like you already know how jedi's function and like the faith behind it and this moment in time of the jedi order not really existing and these people still existing in this world and still believing in their spirit and their like the idea of love uh uh the idea of love as a trope uh um every single piece of this Uh, The way that they animated um, everybody to have a really elastic kind of like blink moment where they would cut from one scene to the reaction to that action, but they would not animate the action in the middle. Like when she came to like cut the guy's arm off and you see him fall to the ground and then you see her standing on the other side and then you see the hand. But you did not see the action like you did not see the middle part. That's mm, so good.
0: It was really, really cool. So good. It it was really, really, really cool.
1: I could continue on my list, but I think that's kind of all I got.
0: All right, uh, no real negatives from me. Like I had to mention the silly bucket bomb hat. Love
1: the bucket, <laughs> but like
0: I, as silly as it is, it's also rad as fuck. Uh, it doesn't sound like you have any negatives. Like this is just like a fucking. This one was my favorite episode. Yeah, it was my yeah. favorite out of the ones we watched too. I liked. So going into the next one, I liked the Ninth Jedi the second time I watched it. The first time I watched it, I did not like it. Okay, I I, I am glad I rewatched it for this. Yeah, Uh, so
1: I watched it initially right from the other one to so right from the Village Bride right into the Ninth Jedi. And the animation style was so jarring, like back to back because it starts um, three dimensional. It's a little isometric. So um, it was really jarring to go from like an animation style that I really liked immediately into this kind of here's the stage narration and then this weird kind of, I don't know, It visually it was a jump uh, and it really threw me
0: for a loop. I think part of it for me was there's so much that this is playing with in the like kyber crystal Jedi lightsaber lore space and Mm -hmm. it's so different than what I understand canon to be that I was just like mind blown trying to figure out what the fuck was going on Yeah, and then there's a lot of like fake outs about identity in this so I was Mm -hmm. confused about who was that again and who's on whose side and who called these people here but he's the droid but he's not the droid and wait is he the dad no he's friends with the dad the dad was yeah. captured, and you know so like that guy's not bad but he thought he was bad so like it just took me like a hot i had to watch it a second time to like all right i understand where we're at now and now i can just enjoy it
1: yeah it took me i watched it the for the first time and uh, the first thing that I noticed really liking was that, first of all, Space Poncho shows up and I go, that's a gay man and I'm in love with him. Always and here for poncho. Always, I see, I see a little Space Poncho, I just, I go wild for that shit. Um, and like, I think that his, the character like, self-intro, like the self-delivery was rough on every point. Like, yes, I understood the character, but they really told me and they didn't show me. Uh, so oh, you got Space Jesus, you got Surprise I'm Hot because one girl takes her hood off and then Surprise I'm a Furry because the other guy takes his his hood off and then Surprise I'm a Robot because that other Jedi takes their hood off and then Squid Game was like the yeah. last one, like the squid-shaped person. And I just, you know, I I understood that we were setting up a sort of you know, Seventh samurai thing happening here where it was like a meeting of the minds, but it just didn't initially I didn't, I wasn't in love with all of these characters. And then the little girl got introduced and I went, okay, I get it. That's mm-hmm. the point. Like when they, when they introduced the little girl and her dad, I was like, okay, I'm sold actually. Why didn't you give me this first? Cause I would have been hooked if it was just her on her little speeder. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree that like I could have just watched a shirt about her and her dad. Yeah. And I didn't need all of the other stuff like I would have been totally here for a little Jedi girl and lightsaber blacksmith dad, like have an adventure and and have a good day.
1: Yes, (laughs) but they're not going to have a good day. Like, you know, they're not going to have a good day because as soon as he. So first of all, he looked he reminded me of like a young Sid from Final Fantasy 14 Uh, who is, like, this, This like, daddy blacksmith kind of, like, super big, like, bulked out guy with a beard. Uh, But he's got, like, a really endearing personality, and I love him so much. So he was introduced, and I just called him Sid for the rest of the episode. (laughs) Um, But they really, they introduce him, and then they immediately have him say goodbye to his daughter. And she was like, you're saying this like you were never going to see you again. And I went, oh, he dead,
0: dead. Yeah, There's no coming back from that. I uh, love all of the droid designs. Oh my God, episode. the droids. Like, I was watching it and my my housemate Kim loves a robot. Like, yeah. anytime <laughs> the robot is on screen for anything, no matter what, Kim, like, zeroes in and is like, I love the robot. Yeah. And, like, Kim kept remarking how good these robots were in this episode. And I was like, Kim, you're a robot expert. And yes, I agree. <laughs> these are some very yes. good droids.
1: Every single robot. So they're, they're little... The little one, the little droid that the girl has, is named Four Nines, which is the cutest fucking name. But I thought it was a neat Disney nod initially because uh, he looks like Eve from Wall-E. Mm-hmm. He had that little, you know, the little pod body and the floating pod head and the little arms that like come out of the pod. I thought it was very Disney for some reason. I don't know. It just hit me as like a, oh, that is shaped like a friend. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then the the tea-drinking robot who's on his break. And oh, the like old, tired robot. <laughs> and there is a droid who we think is a droid, but is ac- actually secretly, like, a dude in a suit. And mm-hmm. uh, the droid design fucking rules. And then yeah. the dude's cool mask thing also rules. There's just Yo, a lot indigual. of good aesthetics in this episode.
1: There was so much. And there were, especially with the big robot, I was like, I don't. I love this design. I don't trust this robot. I love him even though he looks mean. And then it kind of that trust like got repaid in a big way because it ended up being the chancellor, which I really loved.
0: Yeah, you you kind of don't know, like, as the episode is going, like, who's good and who's bad. Like, you, you feel like this is a trap and there's going to be a double cross, but you don't know who to trust. And yeah. that is very fun um i was confused the first time i watched it but second time like really good time
1: yeah uh i completely agree i was kind of sucked into it by the point so what i kept getting thrown off like especially with kyber crystal stuff if i can jump back a little bit because when she's like moving the lightsaber around she has a lightsaber and she lights it up and it's completely transparent Mm -hmm. It had it was a colorless kyber crystal, I guess, but it just was completely transparent. And I've never seen an unattuned kyber crystal like that ever. And it really threw me because I kept trying to figure out like, well, if it's not lit, then how is it? How is it doing things? Like, how is she using it? It was just very confusing. The lore was really tripping me out. It,
0: it it chucked the lore out the window and was just like, we're going to tell our own story about how lightsabers work. And like, yeah. if you embrace that, you're in for a good time. If you cannot handle that, like, there are definitely <laughs> yeah. fanboys out there who are like, this isn't canon. I hate it. And I'm like, no, like, just, just chuck the canon out the window for a minute and have a good time playing the space. Yeah. And
1: by the time time, it was really fun once I was able to play in the space too, because as Mm -hmm. soon as she like this girl popped off her shit in the woods, she rides her little speeder backwards and is going toe to toe with a literal inquisitor. And you're like, Oh, a a love a mirror fight to the other, like fights in the universe. But she gets off the speeder, stands on the ice, and then just goes to fucking wiffle ball bat this dude. I was like, oh, you have steel balls. Good for you, girl. Like, holy fucking shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's dope. And by uh, that point,
1: I was sucked in. Like, by that point, I was I was okay. I'm going to ignore the lightsaber stuff happening because whatever's going on here, she gets it and she's winning. And I love her.
0: Yeah, and when the, the the lore change is important, because when her lightsaber does turn that bright emerald green, mm-hmm. it's really victorious.
1: It super is, yeah. And, and there and was it, a lot of payoff after the betrayal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of like color change visual language and it being like a super instant payoff. But in that scene, a bone that I had to pick was that Ethan, blue boy, uh, like didn't have any payoff because he kind of falls over in the middle of the fight and then kind of stands back up and it's over. And he kind of doesn't do anything.
0: Yeah, he really doesn't. It's all the yeah. the old guy and our protagonist girl.
1: Yeah. And then the purple lightsaber here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, where it was furry. like,
1: oh, you had a change of heart. The furry, the furry is feeling conflicted, and had a little change of heart, and now has a purple lightsaber.
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I will say for like negatives, I didn't necessarily love the design of the furry and Squid Game.
1: No, me neither. I wasn't really into it. Thank you for continuing to call them Squid Game also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. (laughs) The character design in general was a little funny. Um, It wasn't bad. It just didn't feel... It felt like it could have leaned more anime and I would have liked it more. Or it could have leaned more American and I would have liked it more. Because Ethan just looked like he had the baby emoji. Like the pleading emoji with the big eyes. Do you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. That was his face the entire time, and I kept being so thrown by his little, Meh, like, the the face that he kept making. I don't know. And I feel like all of the characters kind of had that, like, you could have gone either way, but you landed somewhere in the middle, and I don't know if I like it.
0: I will say the bounty hunter slash inquisitor, I'm not exactly sure what their deal was, design. Yeah. The helmet with all of the, like, red dots for eyes.
1: Oh, the spider kind of looking. Yeah. yeah, I thought that
0: was really neat. Uh, I, I liked the, the droid designs in this episode. So there were, there were some character designs that I was really here for, but some of the aliens, I was just like, I'm not connecting with this. And yeah, I would have rather had like a classic Star Wars alien, I think.
1: Yeah. But... I would have really been a lot happier if, if we had seen, cause there was that blue girl and I was like, well, is she a Twi'lek? And the answer was no, mm-hmm. but she could have been, I don't know. It threw me out a little bit. I think um but the environment design too was very like off world a little bit i think that the them having a mirror to other fights with the flying through the forest and the trees and uh the like towers and them having to get on ships and have droids ride them like that made sense but there were a couple of lightsaber designs and a couple of little things that felt kind of Middle Eastern like the one special lightsaber that they all sort of looked around looked a lot like an illuminated uh, like arch it it looked like an uh, um, like lightsaber temple It, it, it went really Middle Eastern for me and I think it was like good but it made it difficult for me to place like where in the universe it was uh, and it didn't feel so original that like I just completely removed it from the universe either.
0: Yeah, it was it was really really cool. Um, yeah, it's been fun how much these creators and artists are like kind of pushing what Star Wars can be and look like while like not feeling appropriative, but also like feeling like Star Wars while also kind of honoring a culture that maybe hasn't been represented as much as it should be or could be in Star Wars.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think it was really cool. At the end of the day, too, um, I think that they, if they were to make this into a film, this would have been such a good trailer because it's, you know, it's 20 minutes long at max and they've introduced this plot and now they have more plot to cover because they're going to go find her dad. And I was like, oh, okay, if this was an animated short to sell me on a longer Star Wars movie, I would... Watch that. I would watch it tomorrow.
0: I kind of wonder if we're going to get a visions two where they continue some of these shorts and then also just tell like brand new stories, because there's a couple that have kind of like cliffhanger endings. And I'm like, I'm ready for chapter two, please.
1: Yeah, I want more of this, please. The only one that I think was completely isolated and that had like a good arc was the village bride. Mm-hmm. Um, but this last one, I feel like they completed the arc well, but I did want more. I wanted more time to like live in the world and figure out what the hell was going on because they introduced so many concepts at once. Yeah, I, I really, sure. I want to know what happens next. I want Dad back.
0: I want to know why Jedi don't know how to make their own lightsabers anymore. Like that—that that yeah. to me is super fascinating. That there's like someone who makes them for Jedi. Like that's that's wild.
1: The title of Sabersmith also undeniably sexy.
0: Yeah. Like just so,
1: so fucking cool. I would, I would love to see that story of like why there is a Sabersmith and like what that job kind of entails and how he was able to hide from the Republic.
0: Yeah. It's, there's so much that happened here and I'm like, tell me everything. Please, please tell me more. Any negatives that we haven't already discussed, or anything no, you wish could be a little different?
1: I think we covered it. I want all of these to be longer. I want more. Um, yeah, I wanted a little bit more from this one in in particular. But I maybe we'll see a Visions too. It would be really cool to have a follow up on a couple of these stories. I think
0: as a passionate anime fan, does this work as anime for you?
1: Oh, yes. Every single one of these super worked as anime.
0: And then Uh, as a passionate Star Wars fan, did these work as Star Wars for you?
1: Some of them worked better as Star Wars than others. Honestly, I feel like some of them really understood the assignment of make a standalone 20 minute in the Star Wars universe that has Star Wars as like a texture. And I think that the twins was the only one that fell flat for me because They were trying so hard to make it super Star Wars, and it ended up feeling the most Star Wars, but I think was probably the least successful out of the three in making it feel lived in and like honored.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, My only critique. I would say as as a novice to moderate anime fan, uh, this is anime that I would watch. I had fun with all three of these. Um as a uh passionate Star Wars fan. Um I think that at the end of the day, none of this is bad Star Wars. No, but it it's is all good. as it is as identifiably Star Wars as even the worst Star Wars. So to me, this is still successfully Star Wars. Yeah. Like the Ewoks TV show is identifiably Star Wars, and it's <laughs> It's a hot mess. And this is way more coherent than that. And it's still identifiably Star Wars. So.
1: I totally agree. And thank you for reminding me that the Ewok TV show exists.
0: I think it's on Disney Plus if you want to watch it. It's, oh,
1: my God. That's what I'm doing when we're done here. Yeah,
0: it's, it's a, a hoot and a half misty is her name misty i don't know we, I, we don't have time to get into that <laughs> this is a long episode um, yeah i'm trying
1: to avoid talking about kotor as much as possible because it will start me in like another
0: hour of yelling we'll we'll bring you back for just like a kotor scream fest and we'll, well. just yell our, our, about our feelings and
1: <laughs> well we might get new kotor content I so know. i guess we'll have to it's, see it's wild ah the year of our lord 2022 the year of the star war
0: Anything you want to plug before we we head out?
1: Uh, sure. So I uh, am at Vicious brockery on all uh, social media websites, um, either Twitter or Instagram is mostly where I live. I have a TikTok. I have a Kofi. fi um, But if you wanted to see me yell about Star Wars or about any of my projects uh, live and in a screen i stream on twitch with gut punch rp uh every single monday and every other thursday uh playing dungeons and dragons with my very good friends so if you wanted to check me out and find me there i speak in a bunch of silly little accents and have a lot of gay little characters to play
0: it's extremely fun very very good actual play shit if that is your jam thank Um, you I am going to just, like, rapid-fire plug, like, three of your costumes that you do. Uh, oh, my God. to the Ninth. Uh, yes. New, like, Formal Loki, which I'm super into. And Molly Mock, Tea Leaf. Uh, uh. Just, like, <laughs> check out Vicious Frockery on Instagram. You will not be disappointed. Uh, you're extremely talented.
1: Thank you so much, Andy. Is there anything that you would like to plug before the end of the show?
0: Um, I, I mean, I guess my... Uh, our podcast network, uh, which is in the outro, so I shouldn't mention that. So I'm going to say Good Neighbors is the actual play RPG that I do. Uh, we are a weekly podcast. We drop on Mondays, I think. And um, yeah, I play a queer warlock character in a modern fantasy campaign uh, using Monster of the Week. It's very fun.
1: Wonderful. I love Monster of the Week as a uh, play style. It's just so... Oh, wonderful!
0: It definitely lends itself to like podcast forms in a way that, like, I think D anD D doesn't because D anD D you really need to understand where everyone is, mm-hmm. and you just don't have that visual with a podcast. But something like Monster of the Week is perfect. Yeah, you get to really
1: live in the space, and it's all RP, which yeah. is where I love and live.
0: And like D anD D for for Twitch, where you can like have a map that you can like show the players or show the the audience is perfect. Yeah. Alright, well, that's gonna do it for us. Follow us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. We want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. We are grateful to be part of the Where They May Radio Network. You can get some great rewards at our Patreon at Patreon slash WTM radio, as well as bonus content from Music and Lyrics by, which is coming out soon, guys. I promise. Ending pending, and fan fiction is good actually. Vic, thank you so fucking much for hanging out with me for the past like hour and a half. I promised oh, it was no. going to be under an hour. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I had a ton of fun. Geeking I out had with a blast.
1: You. Yeah, I have had so much fun. Like, thank you so much for having me. I will do this again if you ever need somebody. so oh, yeah, please, absolutely. Please keep me on the line.
0: All right. Well, uh, how how do we end the podcast? What do we say?
1: Uh, well, I've listened to a lot of episodes and I don't remember. <laughs> Help!
0: Oh, oh, we usually just say something random here. We usually oh. say tell the boy about his parents, but if you want to throw a random one out, you can.
1: Uh, do you ever have a droid solve your whole last problem?
0: Perfect. Perfect. That's it. Great. <laughs> right. Where they may, radio.